हेलो हाय हेलो वाहेगुरु जी का खालसा वाहेगुरु जी की फतेह हां जी वाहेगुरु जी का खालसा वाहेगुरु जी की फतेह आवाज ठीक आ रही है मेरी यस योर वॉइस इज परफेक्ट आवाज ठीक हो रही है जी अच्छा चलो मैं ईयरफोन लाया मैं के चलो हैंड फ्री हो जांदा है तां हां जी हां जी सर obviously if you would like to introduce yourself because your name is known but again if you introduce yourself from your perspective okay. it would be a different thing <laughs> okay uh, uh this is not a formally we are not starting it's just a informal kind of talk is it oh uh it's more or less for our listeners uh to uh, sort of a uh, gauge the texts which are now being brought to light by your efforts like the shri gur katha and so forth so it's more of a sort of a description of what you do <laughs> so okay we are already on uh, yes, yes okay. we are already on yes <laughs> <laughs> okay uh thanks a lot um, i uh, taught history at the maharaja sahaji rao university of baroda for yes. 30 uh and i was there in gujarat for 37 long years uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> and i did my phd from here uh from there while uh, i had done my masters and i was doing mphil from guru nanak dev university of amritsar uh when i got this uh, fellowship to continue my uh, doctoral dissertation there so that yes. had taken me to baroda uh, so uh, there i began my research in uh, on uh, history of uh, south gujarat in the modern times in the 19th century but then yes. slowly while working in the archives for uh, uh, nearly 15 long years and i realized that much more important than economic history was the uh, social and cultural history and then i more uh, switched over to uh, history of uh, punjab as well comparing the two regions so making sense of wider what is called indic civilization in terms of comparative study of different cultures so since i was born and brought up in punjab and that i had my uh, mother tongue as punjabi and i was working in uh, gujarat for uh, nearly uh, 15 years so i thought of understanding the wider issues of civilizational nature uh, where uh, um, which made me think on a very deeper different lines that's that's a massive uh, learning curve i guess so in your career you've pretty much studied two subjects the history of gujarat as you were saying and then obviously you're more i guess famous now for uh, the history of sikh literature i guess from one perspective so you also discovered in a way or rediscovered the shri gur katha of pai jeta pai jeevan singh ji okay let me begin my uh, journey you see intellectual journey towards uh, <laughs> dalit literature punjabi dalit yes. literature and yeah. i think it, it was in the early 90s that i began looking at uh, the punjabi diaspora in canada and yes. uh, that was uh, a kind of association was there of uh, 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 canadian studies here uh, canadian studies in india so i was yep. part of it and since the headquarter of that association was in my university professor juneja was uh, 
uh, its uh, chairman. So that made things uh, uh, easy for me to get back to Punjab. So uh, that Canadian question. And slowly I moved more towards uh, Punjab uh, situation uh, by the early uh, 2000s. So that was it, uh, my beginning. And I must, uh, before coming to Pai Jayata's Shri Gurkatha, I must uh, say that I began my journey towards looking into uh, Punjabi Dalit literature with uh, Singh Arif, who was, an, <laughs> who was an iconic poet uh, of the early 20th century. And incidentally, yep. incidentally, he came from Dalit background. He was Punjabi. He had no formal education, but he mastered five languages, including Arabic and Persian, uh, Sanskrit. Gurmukhi obviously was his first language. And that I, and then he wrote, you see, four uh, big volumes, or what are called, you see, those grunts. Uh, yep. One of those grunts was. Uh, uh, what is called, you see, Zindagi Bilas. While he yes. was only 21 years old, he had become such a Brahmagyani that he could write on human life of 100 years, composing one poem on each year. So that uh, made me look into if that was the kind of, you see, uh, people's poet in the 20th uh, century. Uh, and he was, he has been publishing in all three letters, in Gurmukhi, in uh, uh, what is called, you see, a Braj, uh, not, not, not really Braj, but uh, Devanagari, and also in Urdu letters, and in lakhs of copies were published, you see, over 50 years or so. And then I started yes. looking into uh, what had been his space in the histories of Punjabi literature, uh, Punjabi literature. So that I looked into, and the first book, uh, very epitomical book, was uh, by Mohan Singh Divana. Uh, he was also called Mohan Singh Avarai, wonderful yep. person, such a scholar, profound scholar of uh, Punjabi literature. He himself was a poet, and he has mastery over languages. And he had done his uh, doctoral dissertation from French University. And uh, his book uh, was published in 1932 uh, called, you see, Introduction to the History of Punjabi Literature and so on. But yep. he also mentions, uh, uh, it gives a list of his contemporary poets and so on. But sadly, uh, while he had, uh, Dyasing Arif had reached kind of zenith you see, in the uh, Punjabi world. He was on the uh, mouths of uh, the beggars and arm seekers uh, to that an extent, and yet his name was missing from them. Then that made me look into almost all the books written in either in English, there were very few on Punjabi, uh, say, uh, history of Punjabi, the, uh, Punjabi uh, literature, uh, but more in Punjabi, Gurmukhi uh, uh, language. Uh, then I saw to my dismay and my disappointment that he had not been mentioned till 90, early 1970s when one uh, or two authors, co-authors, uh, they had mentioned, given his uh, three lines in their histories of uh, Punjabi literature. And that was a sad kind of uh, uh, commentary on that. And after, I think in 1990s, 
uh, so, uh, Sekhon and uh, Dogal had also produced uh, uh, volumes in uh, of Punjabi literature in English, and there the same treatment I found there. So that really made me think uh, deeply into and discovering and going back into the history pages of history that if there was a possibility of such a intellectual poet coming from Dalit background in the early 20th century. Uh, it mm -hmm. must have, have some solid background to it. So that made me <laughs> discovering. So then I finally also uh, uh, discovered that uh, Pai Jaita, uh, Jeevan Sengji, had also left behind a uh, powerful epic poem uh, called Shri Gurkatha which was uh, yep. which revolved around guru govind sahib because he was uh, part of the uh, guru household in a way uh, so that was my uh, a, a small journey coming to uh, that level of uh, the pai jaita's work yep so like well i guess when we discuss sikh history especially sikh literature which has been produced so often if you look at the mainstream texts today, it's uh, Kesar Singh, Shibbers, Bansavali, Nama, Suraj Prakash of Kavi Santok Singh. Yes. Very rarely do you hear about someone like uh, Pai Jetta of Pai Jeevan Singh Shib writing the Gurkatha. Hmm. So these texts, were they prevalent? Would you say they were prevalent when they were written? When Pai Jetta wrote the Shri Gurkatha, were there more copies made and distributed around? And if so... How was it that over the centuries we forgot about this text until it was uh, ultimately rediscovered and reintroduced to the mainstream? Okay. Uh, interesting query. I think it's, uh, uh, it relates to the uh, what is called, you see, Sikh revolution or uh, revolutionary masses, uh, messages of all the gurus. And Sikhism yep. became a revolutionary movement. A social revolution was created. It was an upsurge in the Indian history, undoubtedly. But then, uh, you see, these kind of distinctions of caste and lineage did not go out from the minds of the people. Uh, incidentally, what uh, happened, which I think which happened generally with all the kind of sources, very little sources were produced, uh, but with most of the sources, with upheavals of the 18th century, with turbulent times that Punjab had gone through, that most of the works were uh, somewhat, you see, uh, destroyed or whatever happened to them. And of all the people, what would happen to Dalit's lives that is something amazing and what one uh, can understand. So yep. how these two uh, manuscripts uh, of Shri Gatha, Guru Katha came to be discovered, that's an interesting story. It was, uh, you see, incidentally, his uh, elder son, uh, Kultar Singh, also became a, an MLA. Uh, from uh, 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 Dharamkot uh, uh, constituency in the early 50s. And, and these were the direct descendants of Pai Jeevan Singh, or was that someone <laughs> else? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking of uh, Daya Singh Arif's uh, family. Uh, yes. uh, since yep. he was also, he became uh, came from the Majbi family, and he was an enlightened soul. He had also gone to Malaysia in 1929. Uh, he lived there for uh, nine uh, uh, months or so and came back and had constructed his own Gurdwara uh, by uh, 
Sadhu Dhyan Singh, or if I'm talking about, it was his yep. eldest son, uh, Kultar Singh, who had become also like uh, his father, a uh, Kirtaniya and uh, uh, Jathedar of Tadi Jatha. And then it was uh, in one of his journeys towards Assam that he discovered that there were Dalits there and uh, they had uh, uh, some manuscripts with them. It is very strange that how the manuscripts could travel from one place to another. Uh, and since uh, they uh, offered him, gifted this uh, manuscript to him, uh, that, that was one manuscript with the uh, 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 Singh Arif's family uh, uh, preserved by them. And then there was another uh, uh, manuscript uh, which uh, was procured by his family from Muthiawala village. Uh, these two uh, manuscripts were, uh, I think they had uh, remained hidden in the family kind of circles and so on, but then they, it fell into the uh, family uh, house, you see, of Dyasing Arif, and it was only one of the relatives of these, uh, Tanna uh, Singh Gulshin, who also became MP. I think they were related with the family, and later on, uh, it was interesting uh, uh, dimension uh, that, you see, uh, some of these records were taken by uh, Punjabi Vibhag, uh, uh, Lok Pasha Vibhag, uh, uh, Punjabi language department uh, uh, housed in uh, headquarters in Patiala. And one of some of these manuscripts were taken there. And it was uh, Dr. Gurmukh Singh who had produced, who had actually uh, published this from one of those manuscripts. Another manuscript was procured by a revenue officer. Uh, Arfi, uh, Naranjan Singh Arfi, who was also related to the family, and he was a revenue officer, PCS in the Punjab Civil Services, and he had he has done a wonderful job. It was he who had published for the first time Shri Gur Katha in his Rangre Tiyanda Itihas in 1993, uh, published from Punjab, uh, Amritsar. So that was a kind of uh, interesting trajectory of using the, and the journey of manuscripts being, uh, who, which remained hidden or uh, uh, did not come to the light of the public, but it in a strange way, uh, it uh, uh, remained, you see, that way. Uh, so that is fate of, I don't think it is only fate of uh, some of the Dalit manuscripts, but most of the Sikh literature uh, remained, you see, hidden in the uh, several kind of uh, deras and uh, uh, marts and uh, so on in the uh, private hands and so on. So that has been unfortunately part of the Punjabi uh, history or history of Punjab or as uh, Punjabis are not very uh, uh, attracted by you see the uh, learning uh, the world of learning and in fun lesson which in a koi jada or shock ni rea na the is karke but it's wonderful uh, what is interesting i will quickly mark out you see, the, uh, yes. interestingly, because I say that uh, Sikh uh, 
tradition sikh movement was a revolution social revolution in the indian history uh, uh, no such was a revolution had taken place um, uh, i think except uh, in the ancient times by uh, uh, buddha and so on uh, and yet there had been continuity of buddhist thoughts in punjab itself so uh, when the uh, when baba nanak appeared on the scene ground was fairly prepared uh, for him to take on you see uh, brahmanical system and uh, Uh, all these divisions of colors uh, uh, and jat pat the wand jadi oh no do to because there was buddhist ideas had survived among the siddhas and nath yogis and yogis had been very very popular in indian society so much so that even in the 18th century you get hir uh, ranja by varesha and uh, ranja becomes uh, though he uh, belongs to a muslim family but he becomes you see yogi and uh, uh, then uh, go to hunt you see uh, his beloved and so on uh, as ranja in the uh, in in the, uh, in the uh, grab of fakir so that tradition had been very strong and that's why we get you see among uh, uh, guru nanak's composition Uh, said goshti that he had also uh, you see the, all these conversations with all kinds of thinkers of his times so i say uh, ground was already prepared but guru nanak was such a profound uh, original thinker uh, such a powerful poet that he uh, prepared grounds for yes a revolutionary movement which became a kind of a religious tradition when he found uh, started he had no desire to become found a religion uh, he his angi sangi jeda uh, mardana he never asked him to leave his own kind of faith and so on but it's a such a powerful tradition i would say by the 10th guru when we come to it it is another revolutionary gesture that guru gobind singh plays that creation of khalsa uh, you see giving uh, nectar amrit uh, to from the same bowl uh, to all the five beloveds and then asking them to also give uh, him you see or ape gurchela wali jadi pratha so so there is no distinction between caste and varnas had already been eliminated within the sikh fold but guru gobind singh also challenged the kind of divisions between gurus and chelas so it is is a revolutionary movement that was created and sooner the result were out in banda bahadur singh uh, banda bahadur's kind of uh, campaign against moguls in uh, uh, in punjab uh, though uh, it fizzled out he was arrested and they were martyred and so on but then it continued and interestingly and the trajectory what i was saying which was started by gurus because they opened the doors for learning education for all the sikhs whosoever would be, uh, become and most of the sikhs happened to be coming from artisan communities from the low caste communities and even jats were considered shudra then so it was all possible and that's why uh, you see you have wonderful uh, 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 that a tradition that is sikh a uh, religious sacred text uh, would compose you see multiple voices uh, from all sections of the society from different parts of the country so uh, that that is a revolutionary role uh, but i would say that what uh, if we get you see kabir and uh, 
uh, Ravidas and uh, all those uh, artisan communities, people, the thinkers in Guru Granth Sahib, that tradition continued. And it is only in that tradition that we have first Dalit poet uh, in Pai Jaita uh, writing, leaving behind Shri Guru Katha. And interestingly, I would also add that most of the uh, historical uh, traditions did not have resources for saying that uh, Guru Gobind Singh had given, you see, five Ks. Uh, all mentioned only three Ks, yes. but this is the so contemporary uh, kind of text, uh, a, uh, a Shri Guru Katha. It mentions in his last uh, kind of Rahat Nama, which he also added to Shri Guru Katha in his last pages, that gives a very clear indication that it was Guru Gobind Singh who had given five Ks and so on and so forth. Uh, so after that, I would yep. say it was such an enriching such a revolutionary movement that even the sacred Granth, because copies were made in 1936, four or 36, uh, most of the Lekharis of uh, the Shri Guru Granth Sahib, they will not leave their, uh, write their names, but some of the beads were uh, had uh, uh, left, you see, the, the writers left their names and so on. And in some cases, also the year of uh, the writing. And interestingly, in 19, uh, 1734 or 36, I'm uh, mixing up uh, either of the two years, uh, one of the beads were written by Keher Singh Ravidasya. Interesting thing that Ravidasya uh, tradition was also there. But Keher Singh, obviously, he came from the Chamar community and he became Singh, Keher Singh Ravidasya. So that was a wonderful thing. I think it was a revolutionary in the Indian tradition that such a thing would happen. And I'm only quickly saying that this tradition uh, of uh, writing by the lower uh, caste communities was very, very uh, profound in the Sikh uh, scholarly tradition. Uh, so that continues. Yep. And I guess touching on that earlier point of Guru Nanak and religion, in that sense, Guru Nanak always decried conventional religion. He uh, never wanted to make his path a path of superstition and dogma. His successors followed the same way with the sixth Guru, seventh Guru, eighth, ninth, tenth, uh, emphasizing statecraft, politics, also military craft, but as well as alongside all this, the individual inherent sovereignty of mankind, and that was for all of mankind. So everyone had the basic right to education, the basic right to a dignified life. Unfortunately, over time, forces corrupted Sikhi. As we know, even today, there is a massive insistence and in seeks themselves to follow yeah. caste. So when the gurus took this step towards uh, implementing this uh, universal you know, policy of education, even for the lower castes, did they meet any setbacks or oppositions from the contemporary society? Uh, I think they did. They did. Uh, and that's why you have persecution by the state as well. It is interesting. I think it was uh, uh, Guru Amardas uh, during whose time a representation was made to Akbar uh, by the uh, Khatris and Brahmins of Lahore that, you see, uh, the Sikh Gurus have corrupted our system. No one would recognize us. Uh, 
i i'm saying uh, it is not only at the local level at the uh, uh, that level the articulation were made uh, but a representation made to the emperor of uh, 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 the uh, emperor of india uh, that is something remarkable so sikh movement did not grew uh, did not uh, grow up you see without hostilities and oppositions i'm only citing this which is a kind of uh, a historical fact that in uh, uh, guru amar das's times this representation was made and so was uh, the hostilities continued and we are aware that how uh, fifth guru guru arjan was uh, persecuted uh, and so on and so forth how the sixth guru had to fight you see battles against the moguls and he was arrested put behind uh, the bars at gwalior and so on and so on so th- that uh, uh, i think this opposition uh, uh, continued and we get uh, the pinnacle of this opposition by the hindu uh, pahadi rajas uh, and uh, 13 of the 15th battles that guru gobind singh had to fight it was 13 of these battles were uh, uh, they were uh, attacks were made by the uh, rajput rajas of uh, uh, himachal pradesh current uh, himachal pradesh so they had been always a constant kind of opposition from the upper crust uh, and that continued even the 18th century so that is i think i it, i admire it the kind of courage uh, that was infused and the guru gobind singh the way he uh, infused you see a new spirit among sikhs that they could, would be uh, ready for the sacrifices and so on after his own father guru tegh bahadur had been uh, sweared uh, his head was sweared he, and it was paijaita uh, uh, who had uh, brought you see the sweared had to uh, first kiratpur and then it was taken to anandpur so that is a wonderful uh, tradition of uh, Uh, resisting the oppressive orders and also all kinds of oppositions which were hostile to revolutionary ideals of that those kinds right yep so the amount of literature produced at the time obviously i mean you referenced that there were you know manuscripts found of the shri gurkatha so was is there a criteria for judging the authenticity of these manuscripts yeah. like you would uh, compare them together the writing style the calligraphy carbon dating <laughs> yes for sure uh, one one of the manuscripts that i saw with naranjan singh arfi uh, about whom i had already talked about uh, he has uh, one of the manuscripts so i looked at very closely the paper used the ink used and uh, the style of writing and so on it takes uh, it to the back to the early uh, 18th century undoubtedly so there is no is uh, uh, i think that kind of query has not come out so far the kind of authenticity or so on but since i am a historian and i'm used to it so i can say that it is a very authentic uh, uh, manuscript however uh, only two manuscripts had uh, survived and the kind of turmoils that the uh, sikhi had gone through uh, in the 18th century it was just possible and we are aware that how when guru gobind singh had to leave anandpur sahib and chamkor uh, the uh, kikadi uh, the ladai jehdi hai ode vich uh, uh, 
Sir, sir, river was in spite. You see, it was uh, uh, flooded, and most of the literature was also uh, washed away in that kind of carrying in uh, that tradition. So, uh, also in our uh, situation, it were poor people, kacha houses, and so on, and flooding would be there, and all kinds of things were uh, uh, could be possible. So, if something had survived up till now, it is. something wonderful in the given kind of circumstances and especially the kind of condition that the dalits uh, were forced to live especially in the 19th century when there was a degeneration in the sikh faith and the casteism and untouchability had come to uh, within the sikh fold and within the punjabi tradition the way it never had been you see ever since the vedic times Uh, in the 19th century and uh, the uh, british also after they assumed their power uh, in uh, established their power in punjab they also uh, in a way reinforced the uh, the conventional traditions the orthodoxies and also created wedges between different faiths and so on the kind of uh, uh, wedge uh, we found in the uh, kirtaniya kind of tradition and tadi jathas and so on against islam within the sikh tradition it was a product of the 19th century and uh, otherwise uh, there was never such a hostility between the faiths on indian uh, on punjabi soil uh, that is one thing yep and i guess when you have these poets like pai jetha writing their history now When I read the Shri Gurkatha done by Neeti Singh, which you obviously uh, spotted, I was actually quite uh, surprised, but was remarkable as well. I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that Pai Jetha has this, you know, short manuscript. He's written a very short but effective manuscript. So there's a description of Dasampata's yep. early days. Then there's a description of their friendship, uh, Dasampata's physical characteristics. And then it sort of turns to the, you know, the manifestation, the origination of the Khalsa is, uh, you know, something stemming from Guru Nanak's original vision. He avoids what's, uh, rep- uh, repel- uh, what is quite uh, prevalent in other texts, and that is uh, he doesn't add too much mythology into it. Like, you know, we have the Chandi Pargathoni Valigal. that you know guru gobind singh went on to a mountain and manifested a devi or there are like mm-hmm. yes singh shibara implies that you know uh, unless the panth is given to the brahmins the entire uh, panth will be destroyed in the future so we have nothing like that in there so does this indicate that the dal dalit purview down there of what happened of that history it's very different but also very authentic to what has been given to us by other uh, individuals like yes sir uh, yes uh, is the given kind of uh, circumstances and the given tradition it was the mainly the brahmins or the khatris who had access to learning but as i said earlier the gurus opened doors for of learning for everyone whosoever uh, could uh, was interested in uh, but then uh, very largely these uh, writing continued uh, to be in the hands of either khatris or brahmins and chhabbar was a brahmin whose grandfather was also in the uh, uh, closer to guru gobind singh's uh, and other gurus uh, service and so on uh, as dewan or whatever you call it but then it is kesal singh chhabbar who in 1760s uh, writing about you see uh, the bansavli nama who brahmanized the tradition even uh, 
J.S. Greval, uh, my own teacher, he said Brahmanization of Sikh tradition, it's, and he attributes it to, uh, hugely to uh, Kesar Singh Chibber. Uh, but I say it was uh, a, uh, uh, a, a continuous tradition because uh, uh, the upper caste were not very happy, and even those who became Sikhs, and incidentally, uh, Chibber's family had been uh, so-called Sikhs, but then the core ideology of Brahmins uh, could not uh, remain as he hidden. So this is what is manifest in his Bansavli Nama. But I'm saying uh, uh, at the same time, there were counter uh, points and so on. But then if you have Brahmanization of Sikhi in the writing culture, there was Brahmanization of Sikh living uh, as the assumption of the power, the missiles, uh, when they assumed power and uh, missiles were uh, reduced to one power, that is a Ranjit Singh kind of, you see, uh, despotic rule and so on. Uh, so it became all the more uh, vulnerable uh, Sikh tradition, Sikh living uh, in that kind of uh, situation. And you have Brahmanization of Sikh living during the Ranjit Singh's time. And interestingly, I'm saying again that if there was a degeneration of Sikh principles and so on uh, during the 19th century, right from the beginning of the 19th century, uh, as it had already begun from the later part of the 18th century, uh, there were attempts to even revolt against that. And second major thinking poet, intellectual poet coming from uh, the uh, uh, Dalit uh, tradition uh, from uh, within the Sikh tradition was Sant Vajir Singh, uh, who was born in 1790 and he died in 1859. And he is considered as the Mahanayak, Mahakavi of Ranji Singh's time. He also remained hidden in the currency of, uh, you see, the Punjabi. Uh, uh, literature and so on, and no one knew about it uh, till uh, in the late uh, uh, 1970s, uh, uh, Ashok had, uh, Samshir Singh Ashok had uh, contributed uh, his uh, kind of uh, name to the Punjabi, uh, Punjabi literature in general. He was an intellectual poet par excellence. He uh, was a Brahmagyani. Uh, he established his own dera in Lahuke uh, near Patti. And uh, interestingly, because he was such a renowned figure, he became such a renowned figure uh, in the area, and he wrote wonderfully uh, well that most of the uh, upper caste people thronged uh, uh, about, uh, uh, you see, about his data. And from Amrissa, there were two um, widows, uh, women, who became his his uh, uh, kind of uh, disciples and the first Punjabi poet, uh, Punjabi <laughs> uh, poetess uh, in uh, uh, Norang Devi was his ardent disciple who lived throughout uh, with his life uh, in uh, uh, at his dera with, with him, and uh, that is an interesting uh, second major Dalit poet in the first half of the 19th century. And then we slip to second half of the 19th century. Jani Dit Singh, who became a pillar of the Singh Sabha movement, was another uh, from the Chamar community 
who, who was once you see gulab dasi and then had uh, uh, taken you see great cudgels uh, with uh, or had uh, debates with swami dayanand and then became ardent sikh so his earlier first two uh, works were written at chatiya wala dera uh, that was gulab dasi dera which is now in pakistan uh, his two works at early uh, uh, early stage of his uh, career uh, was <coughs> composed there and his uh, name was dataram who later on become dip singh and gyani dip singh who also became a professor at oriental college in lahore and that was such a three wonderful intellectual poet coming from dalit community it is only because of the sikh tradition elsewhere in the country we don't have such a rich such a profound such an intellectual tradition of dalits uh, composing writing and becoming leader of leaders of people uh, anyway so i guess when you have gany dat singh when gany dat singh was fighting to a uh, literal like in the intellectual term from intellectual sense they were fighting for the restoration of you know pristine sikhi sikhi free from jat pat and all the superstition which had seeped into it under the ranjit singh era so when we go back to the regression this regression period when the in the later period when the missiles became corrupt uh, ranjit singh rose to the power and the pujari vadi combined took over and caste came into sikhi weren't there any prominent uh, figures such as jeevan singh rangreta or any other military social figures who tried opposing what was happening uh, happened <coughs> it is a question of power play and i think uh, since i uh, we see that the entire 18th century was an age of upheavals turmoil political uh, uh, very unsettling times and so on when there were not only one uh, house but there were 12 houses 12 missiles uh, establishing their own kind of clusters of powers uh, then you have all these uh, participation of all the sections of uh, six uh, six in establishing their rules uh, interestingly um, you see uh, pangi missile for instance uh, which was the biggest missile of all the 12 missiles who also ruled over say amritsar and uh, lahore for instance uh their commander their uh, general was again dalit and i understand the the pangi missile was also from the pangis that is the scrangers uh, though it is a contested kind of thing but as i know from the kind of uh, documentation that their generals uh, one of the uh, uh, leading pangi general was from the majbi uh, community who later on uh, uh, i mean associated with uh, the great uh, punjabi poet uh, uh santram udasi santram udasi uh, are the khalsa family you see right from guru gobind singh's time uh, whose eldest brother is gurdas singh who remained a kind of uh, uh, working man throughout his life and his uh, autobiography he gives all the details of this lineage and one of his grandfathers was the general of the pangi missile who was given a land in 
ਪਾਈ ਦਿਆਲਪੁਰ ਪਾਈ ਦੇ ਪਾਈ ਕੇ ਦੇਪਾਲਪੁਰ ਆਫ ਵਾਟ ਇਜ਼ ਕਾਲਡ ਇਸ ਸੱਤਾਂ ਹਲਾਂ ਦੀ ਵਾਈਡ ਵਾਈ ਵਾਲੀ ਖੇਤੀ ਜਿਹੜੀ ਹੈ ਨਾ ਸੋ ਸੈਵਨ ਹਾਂਜੀ ਸੋ ਦੈਟ ਇਜ਼ ਅ ਗ੍ਰੇਟ ਕਾਈਂਡ ਆਫ ਟ੍ਰੈਡੀਸ਼ਨ ਦੈਟ ਵਾਸ देयर ਵਿਚ ਐਂਡ ਪੰਗੀਜ਼ ਆਲਸੋ ਫੋਟ ਅਗੇਂਸਟ ਦੀ ਰਣਜੀਤ ਸਿੰਘ ਸੋ ਦੇ ਵਰ you see all along what had been interesting uh, if we go back to 1740s there were after the persecution of 30 years of you know jado sikhi da patta patta vairi siga then five dals were constituted and one of the dals sikh dals uh, in 1744 was uh, uh, you see uh, beer singer and greaters uh who had 1300 horses uh, that kind of cavalry force and he was given charge of uh, uh, you see stalling uh, ahmed shah abdali uh, from uh, the kohat uh, that area you see attack and, and so on but then he was uh, uh, mischievously called to darbar sahib and he was he and his uh, followers were annihilated in the darbar sahib itself so there had been he was asking for not for going for you see these uh, political ambitions of individuals he was saying it as he guru guru ne panth sajya panth da matlab it was a democratic power structure you see or uh, force that the guru had envisaged in even in the 18th century early uh, late 17th century and all these uh, lower caste people i would say the dalits they remained wedded to the idea of panth rather than their own individual uh, powers and so on so but uh, that had been all along an opposition to this kind of uh, degeneration but then degeneration sets in as a historical process it comes with the political power it comes with the economic power uh, all that is there a historical process so we can only uh, see that what had been the countervailing kind of uh, forces at any given time which worked for the restoration or uh, uh, of the original uh, six uh, ideals and so on or those who became corrupted and they became uh, 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 those who were indulging in aggrandizement of power and so on so uh, that is visible in the uh, kind of uh, poetry that has been produced as i was saying sant varir singh was lashing on all these uh, uh, perfidies and so on you see the people who had been corrupted and they were uh, uh, making all kind of uh, 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 corrupt practices prevalent in the society and uh, he along with gula uh, gulabdas who also became uh, came from the jat uh, uh, community but he was open to all the oppressed people uh, i think very linking it to the guru tradition but then guru's tradition the sikhi had uh, was becoming more and more uh, uh, degenerated so much so that in the early 20th century uh, a, a movement had to be launched uh, uh, that fight had to be uh, given you see to the mahants uh, to uh, liberate the gurdwaras historic gurdwaras from the clutches of the corrupt Uh, hinduized brahmanized mahants so that was uh, it is a kind of tension you uh, see all through the history uh, as it was unfolding yep so when you talk about beer singer and greta being uh, you know treacherously assassinated 
Who were the people behind his assassination? What did they uh, stand to receive? What profit did they receive wow. by, you know, putting him out of the picture? This is because in history books, because I'm personally writing a book on Sikh history. So a few years back, I actually came across this uh, little question that Beer Singh and Greta has been written out of Sikh history. You yes. never learn about how he died or what his career was. You only have a few lines. And that's quite incredible, given that he played such a prominent role in Sikh history. So eventually the people who got him out of the picture, did they also succeed in having uh, him written I out of history? So. I, I think it's the question of... Uh caste, which is very kind of centrally rooted in the psychology of Indian minds uh, uh, so much, uh, but also not absent uh, in the Punjabi minds. So I think it was the caste hostility which made it happen because he was talking of the Panth. He was not talking of the personal uh, uh, kind of you see, political powers and so on. So uh, what is uh, reported, what is uh, uh, somewhat learned, you see, that it was the uh, grandfather of Ranjit Singh and it was also the Allah Singh of uh, Patiala uh, house. Uh, those two of them uh, conspired against uh, him and invited him to be the, uh, and his forces were uh, asked to remain in Rounding Kila and only come uh, move to the Darbar Sahib in the form of, uh, you see, five people and so on. And this is how it was hatched. Uh, though I think more research needs to be done, uh, but it is a, a very sad story that it was happening among sex in that kind of uh, uh, self uh, uh, killing, you see, of each other and so on, uh, in the uh, game of, uh, in the power play of uh, uh, politics it's, itself. It's quite interesting, though, isn't it? Because if you look at the Sikh missiles, the and then you look at uh, halfway across the world, the American colonies, there's an equal number of states, I think 13 compared to the 12 missiles, but down there they had enough, uh, I guess enough, as blunt as this sounds, enough intelligence that after they kicked out the British, they united and formed a republic, which no matter its fault is today considered one of the mightiest nations on the earth. And then you look at, uh, from a general perspective, a bird's eye perspective, you look at the Sikh missiles and you see how they go for each other's throats straight after the battle with the Mughals, yeah. the Rajputs, the Afghans have ended. And you sort of lament the fact that where, you know, we could have been, but where we eventually ended up because they did not have the same vision as Guru Gobind Singh. Yeah, not at all. Uh, because, <laughs> you see, as if we move from the, move away from the ideals and uh, interestingly, not that uh, uh, Gurus had no political sense they were very, very political. And that's why they had to offer, they had to sacrifice. And as I said, none of the 16 battles that Guru Gopin Singh had uh, fought, uh, none of uh, these battles were offensive. They were all defensive. So they, they were not for political power as mm. such, but they were not shy of uh, uh, resisting the oppressive orders, howsoever uh, powerful these could be whether these were uh, political orders or they were social orders. But then, as we see, it happened so slowly, gradually, through the 18th century, 
that we saw, you see, rise of uh, missiles and so on from five dulls to 12 missiles or 13 missiles. And uh, this was bound to, as Machiavelli would say, uh, political power corrupts and absolute uh, power corrupts uh, absolutely. And that... Oh, absolutely, yep. <laughs> yes, and that's and what I think of, happened yep. in Ranji Singh's time. <laughs> Sikhi, he... He fought, he got it in the name of Sikhi, he fought it in the name of Sikhi, but it was a personal rule, there is no doubt. And we are proud of it, that it became an empire and so on. But we are also sad about it, that uh, the worst kind of degeneration of Sikhi took place during Ranjit Singh's time. And it is also sad that he had no kind of training for his lineage. He was ash pressed, he is a very, very that kind of uh, uh, profligate and so on. Uh, within uh, five years, his empires collapsed. That is a kind of sad story, I'm saying, uh, because there was no vision of the gurus which remained with the six in the uh, though I would generally say that most of the armies that the Sikh armies that fought against various kind of rivals and conquered their uh, uh, territories and established the Ranjit Singh's rule, they were obviously Sikhs and they were faithful Sikhs, I would still say, but slowly or uh, uh, quite shamefully, the caste was coming back to the Sikh order and the untouchability had uh, come back to, in such a way that was not present in the entire history of Punjab. So that is a sad uh, part of it. And I think the uh, <laughs> we in Punjab, uh, the Sikhs, uh, the Punjabis have uh, uh, suffered the worst kind of uh, uh, holocaust and so on in the partition in 1984 and so on and so forth. But it is a part of that degeneration that we have moved away from gurus and gurus' uh, messages, gurus' uh, teachings and so on, which were universal in part. And you were rightly comparing it with the uh, American tradition. There were 13 small kind of, you see, uh, houses and they came together and so on. Uh, but then uh, ushered into a very big new nation, which became a world power in the uh, second half of the 20th century and so on. But six as such, they lost and they continued losing, uh, except in the formation of what is called Punjabi Suba today. What is Punjab is a, nothing but a small 40% uh, uh, of the earlier uh, its shape, you see, uh, which, uh, and it is misfortune, uh, unfortunate, uh, also because of our own making, but I am sure uh, we uh, will go back to the time because it is a kind of love uh, that we see the lost and the kind of, uh, also in the Holocaust, the kind of uh, the uh, killings that were uh, done the uh, and the kind of butcheries, the displacement had happened. The Punjabis, even the second, third generation, they cry for each other. And I think like what had happened in Germany, it is possible. No, uh, we don't know what kind of interplay of forces, uh, the convergence of forces would lead to it. And I think the Punjabi uh, language, Punjabi culture, the shared kind of you see, tradition, history, it will bring people together one day and it will be a powerful tradition in the entire subcontinent, maybe in the world, who knows. <laughs>
I guess on that point, I would also add in that I was uh, recently finished reading Raj Mohan Gandhi's uh, History of Punjab, and he actually made a very pertinent remark that what made the Sikh revolution so uh, so critical in its uh, success was the fact that one, there was you know no casteism among the Sikhs, because if you look at the contemporary Maratha tradition at the time, Shivaji actually wrote edicts to his uh, officials to not you know introduce any innovations in the caste practices. And on the other hand, if you look at Banda Singh Bhadra, Banda Singh Bhadra left no stone unturned on Wab Kapoor Singh, Mata Sahibkar, all these other figures in dismantling caste wherever it was. And obviously there was that uh, universal education policy and education was given to the Dalits as well, you know, and their texts, that's another, I guess, race we have against time to find those texts and uh, restore true Sikh history rather than the mythology we have today. On the other hand, however, he did remark that, you know, what made the missiles so politically successful was that they united Punjabis of all colors, creeds, and religions because they spoke Punjabi, and they utilized the culture of Punjab very cleverly, you know, presenting themselves as a home-growing alternative to all those foreign elements, ruining the Punjab by ruling over it. And I remember that just as you were relating how Punjabi culture unites so when Sikhi came into being, the Sikh culture came into being and it uh, altered Punjabi culture. So did it introduce a space for Dalits in the yes, cultural life very much. of Punjab? As we were saying that, uh, you see, if uh, the sacred uh, Guru Granth Sahib could be written by uh, the Dalits' hands and if uh, uh, poets could be there, if generals could be there, if uh, leaders could be there in the uh, 17th, 18th, uh, and even in the 19th century, uh, uh, one should not remember that uh, after uh, uh, they had almost, uh, you see, uh, they were uh, the British were uh, defeating uh, sex and they were grabbing, you see, Multan, and it was one of the uh, Dalit Sikh uh, uh, soldier who had. Uh, 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 Killed, you see, uh, uh, killed uh, uh, one of the British uh, Andrew, I think his wa name was, because he, they wanted to save the uh, Sikh rule or say the uh, Ranjit Singh's rule even in Multan. So their participation had never been small, but it got reduced and reduced. And in the second half of the 19th century, and paradoxically speaking, I'm saying when there is a rise of Gyanip Dith Singh as a major voice for the Sikh revival, revivalism and so on. Uh, and yet uh, it was the time when even the entry entrance of six was in the Darbar Sahib Amritsar was restricted. It was prohibited. It was only one hour of the day which was kept, and they were not allowed. Their uh, prashads were not accepted in the uh, Darbar Sahib of Amritsar. To that and said to such a degeneration had taken place, and even the in the Golden Temple uh, Darbar Sahib uh, precincts, there were you see all kind of idols were placed and so on. It had to be evacuated. So uh, that is an interesting sad story of uh, uh, Sikhism's uh, kind of rise and fall. But then we must be open to all kinds of shades and so on. And I we recently, in a way, you see, remembered a 1920 episode when 
when the uh, Dalit Sikhs had made a strong representation, they took a morcha, they uh, had a jatha, jatha to Darbar Sahib, that mm-hmm. it was the Sikhi was actually mm-hmm. for the upliftment of everyone. It was for uh, the uh, respect and uh, uh, you see uh, 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 dignity of uh, all the people, including Dalits. They mentioned it, and they had gone at the the uh, hmm. the uh, of uh, the uh, Jaseda. Uh, I think Akal Takhad. They had fled away and so on. The next day. Uh, it was 12th of October of 1920 when the Jatha had moved. Uh, three days prior to it, there had been assemblies and so on. And some of the Khalsa College professors were also part of it because the, being part of the Singh Sava movement, they were they very much wanted the Sikhism to uh, survive as a dignified uh, kind of uh, tradition. And it is only uh, the next day when the commissioner called all the parties and still these uh, uh, pais had uh, not come uh, to the uh, uh, to his uh, kind of attendance and it is then the committee was formed which finally took within a month of shape of the sgpc so uh, dalit's uh, contribution in that sense in reviving the six whether in uh, it, it is in terms of say pai dit singh and other people around or even in uh, uh, eliminating, you see, these distinctions while uh, forming, uh, helping uh, form a SGPC and Akali Party and uh, consequently and so on. It is tremendous, but unfortunately, again, due to casteism among six, which continued sadly even to this day, it is much reduced, but it is there. Uh, that has done, you see, more harm to Sikhi. Uh, interestingly, just Veer Singh Alu Aliya, who was former vice chancellor of uh, uh, Punjabi University, Patiala, and later another university, uh, World Sex University, he had wonderful, he was a powerful mm-hmm. mind. He uh, died last year, I suppose. Uh, he had uh, written philosophical, historical essays, and one of his uh, books is How to Save Sikhism from the Sex. He says, <laughs> Interestingly, uh, yes. and he's a master <laughs> word player and also wonderful thinker that uh, I found him. And I think it's the six who have uh, betrayed the gurus, uh, six who have betrayed themselves in a way and suffered a lot only because of this betrayal. And I think it's a wonderful global cosmopolitan kind of uh, mm-hmm. religion, religious tradition which uh, uh, should be uh, brought to some kind of center stage if, uh, incidentally, the stupid uh, leaders had not uh, betrayed, you see, the uh, uh, Baba Sahib Ambedkar in 1930s and so on, uh, this uh, uh, country, the subcontinent uh, would have stayed one, they would not have been partitioned, and if they stupidly they, if they had not played stupid games around partition, even if had uh, failed, you see, uh, Sikhi or Sikh gurus in uh, refusing uh, to uh, Baba Sahib Ambedkar's um, making, you see, all the Dalits uh, uh, of the subcontinent as Sikhs, that would have been a watershed in the history of Sikhism. But then second, betrayal was at the time of uh, partition. And then 
we had to pay heavy prices. Both Sikhs and Muslims and Hindus all have to uh, uh, kill themselves, you see, each other and so on, murderous kind of attacks, which they had not imagined, they had not thought of. It is all also because of the uh, parts played by stupid uh, kind of leadership that we had. Hmm. Now, I guess before we end this, we have had many questions from listeners who are listening in live. Um, Pai, Jeta Shri Gurkatha can't be the only work of Dalit uh, Sikh literature, can it? There must uh, be others out I there waiting to be discovered. Discovery because as a historian, when I started with uh, Dhyasing Arif, and I wanted to know if uh, he had been wiped out from the pages of the uh, history of Punjabi literature, there could have been several voices. And this is how I came about, came to know about by uh, Sant Vajir Singh. And this is how I finally also stumbled upon uh, Shri Guru Katha. And uh, it is a question of discovering more. And there, I think there are many more names which could uh, uh, prop up. Uh, it is possible. And interestingly, what I say, uniquely interesting, what four names I have given, uh, what I call, you see, <coughs> Punjabi writers or poets uh, belonging to pre-Dalit consciousness phase. Dalit consciousness phase in India, it begins in 1920s, more so after 1925 and so on. And uh, they are saying uh, they are RF... Uh, uh, produces his most of his works by 1922, all the four grants, when he was not even 26 or 27 years old. So that way, there are so many uh, which are, in a way, buried, hidden. But interestingly, there was an autonomous Dalit uh, movement in Punjab uh, called, uh, um, you see, uh, what is called, I'm uh, slipping from my mind, uh, 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 what is this Pai uh, uh, Ram's uh, 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 uh movement? Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, but uh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember it myself. Slipping from my mind. It is uh, called, you see, uh, something to do with uh, the original Malik uh, kind of uh, Mool Nivasi's. Uh, which they associate with the Harappan civilization whose uh, again uh, cultural uh, site was in Punjab only and it was one of the three civilizations in the uh, world over and uh, they said oh we belong to that where there was no such distinction, there were no such ruptures, all these are manly created and so on. So they produced a large number of poets because they had, they had their own uh, uh, papers to begin with and they continuously uh, wrote and so on. So uh, for instance, uh, Alam, Gurdas Ram Alam is one of the powerful poets in that tradition. And you have several others Hazara Singh Mushtaq, who was also jailed a few times uh, as part of the uh, freedom movement. He was also, he came from the Majbi uh, family. He wrote wonderful, beautiful, powerful ghazals uh, in that uh, way. Uh, and uh, that tradition continued after independence. You have uh, revolutionary 
movement called next life movement in which two of our uh, uh, foremost respected uh, dalit poets are there lal singh dil is there and then santram odasi who were tortured who were uh, maimed you see in the uh, imprisonment and so on but they are powerful voices and thereafter there are uh, there is a, all kind of streams in different genres the dalits have cropped up and i think uh, to my uh understanding uh, sikh uh sikhi had played a very central role in all these voices uh, getting uh, you see on the public stage uh, domain and so on thank you very much for that sir we apologize for disturbing you out of your daily schedule um it's quite we're quite gratified that you actually agreed to this interview as well because you have opened our eyes to many new facts as well as our listeners no no thank How you very much ever, thank I you think, we uh, don't know is it, if there is any question that um, has come to you i can uh, i would be i would love to uh, respond to it uh, as you think yes surely and can we expect more future works from you like the shri gurkatha uh, in the yeah, public sure. domain for uh, mainstream that readers that would be Uh, a wonderful I, and i think i'm working on and my book uh, should be out this year uh, which is on the history of punjabi dalit literature uh, that has been in the making uh, that should be out yes and i guess one other thing we would like to hear point out is that many of our listeners us ourselves we are all a uh, amateur historians amateur historians so we see a book we uh, pursue that lead and we sort of slowly 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 build up a uh, you know leads over the years and share our findings among ourselves on social media because unfortunately today the intellectual community is a bit um quite uh, quite constructive it doesn't allow outsiders into it so i guess uh, no i think it's uh, wonderful like you see uh, punjabis are uh... uh people on the move they are diasporic and i think going out of punjab it opens our eyes in a very different ways and punjabi diaspora is over 100 years old and there are tremendous kind of uh, uh i think uh, developments uh, that have uh, 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 that can be listed uh, but i can see that of uh, intellectuals of punjabi origins uh, maybe they are second third generation uh, there you see in the west or where uh, in the universities and so on so they are making powerful uh, contribution moves correcting all these uh, uh, all follies and all silliness of uh, our own people uh, they grounded in captured uh, captivated in the casteism and so on uh, but it has a great future i would say even the sikhi has a great future if only uh, and incidentally i can share with you that most of the dalit uh, intellectuals i have talked to they are very very profoundly uh wedded to the idea of uh, gurus and gurmat dinal jude hue ne and i think it's not only dalits but i think all the working ek kirtiyan di jamaat hai ki is kirtiyan da dharm hai na kirt karo vand ke shako naam japo what a wonderful uh, revolutionary messages these were and uh, since most of people are now divorced from uh, kirt 
ਖਾਸ ਕਰਕੇ ਸਾਡੇ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਜ਼ਿਮੀਦਾਰ ਨੇ ਉਹ ਇਹਦੇ ਨਾਲ ਟੁੱਟੇ ਹੋਏ ਨੇ ਇਸ ਕਰਕੇ ਉਹ ਵੰਡ ਕੇ ਛਕਣ ਦਾ ਚਲੋ ਅਜੇ ਵੀ ਗੁਰੂ ਕਾ ਲੰਗਰ ਚੱਲਦਾ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਬਹੁਤ ਵੱਡੀ ਟ੍ਰੈਡੀਸ਼ਨ ਹੈ ਆਈ ਥਿੰਕ ਥੈਸ देयर ਆ ਆਈ ਐਮ ਵੈਰੀ ਹੋਪਫੁਲ ਥੈਟ ਇਟ ਵੁੱਡ ਕੰਟੀਨਿਊ ਇਟ ਵੁੱਡ ਥ੍ਰਾਈਵ ਐਂਡ ਇਟ ਵੁੱਡ ਐਲੀਮਿਨੇਟ ਯੂ ਸੀ ਆਲ ਥੀਸ ਈਵਲਸ ਥੈਟ ਗੁਰੂਸ ਹੈਡ ਲੌਂਚਡ ਅਗੇਂਸਟ देयर ਟਾਇਰੇਟ Hmm. Okay thank you very much Why for that sir god bless you Wahiguru ji ka khalsa Wahiguru ji ki fat